0: Uh, It is a joy again to be with y'all this morning at Bethel Bible Church South, whether you're here in person or you are on the World Wide Web, the Book of Faces, wherever you are listening in, video, audio. We are glad to be together. This is actually my first time back in church since spring break. I have not, I mean, it's crazy. It's so, it feels so good to be with the body, right? So good to be with the body. Over the past, as I said in the beginning, I'm an elder, so I get to serve as an elder here, which means that I am not the normal pastor in this pulpit. So again, if you're visiting or joining us on the, the internet, uh I'm not the normal guy. Uh, so that means I'm a fill-in all of July. I'm the fourth person, so I'm batting cleanup, using a baseball term. And so I'm the the last guy in July. Boss Ross will be back in the pulpit next Sunday. So I hope that you will join us. A month ago before he uh, left us in June, Ross talked from Psalm 9, this idea that uh, maybe sometimes in our life that we can't, sometimes we don't see God in our life, right? Sometimes we don't, we don't feel God working in our life. And he, he gave us a great picture. I don't know if he came up with it. If he did, he's even more of a genius than I uh, take him to be. But he used this term from Psalm 9 that if we look back on our life, we know that God was actually there all along. That God, you ready for this? That God had been photobombing our life all along. And so I wanna take that idea and, and say yes and amen to that idea, and, but also to invite you into this idea that today, that today you can invite God into your life today so that he can be known and that he can be seen today in your everyday life. And this idea for some of us might be a larger, like today I can experience God, like that's not of old, but today, yes, today you can experience God in new ways. And my hope today is that this message would give you hope in a hopeless world. I hope, I mean, this world is cray cray, What is going on is wild, and we need hope. And I hope that today's message will bring you hope. I pray that today's message will give you life in a lifeless world. I hope today's message will give you power, which we'll talk about, in addition to love. And so we're going to find that in today's passage. Oswald Chambers says that prayer does not prepare us for the greater work, Prayer is the greater work. I love it that they're just crickets. Amen? Maybe some chuckles. Chuckles, I love that. Let me rewind that back for you note takers and say, prayer doesn't prepare us for the greater work. Prayer is the greater work. And I believe that. I believe that. 10, 11 years ago, uh, Young Life, I worked for an organization called Young Life. um, Our our mission statement is introducing adolescents to Jesus Christ and helping them grow in their faith. Back uh, Back in 2009, Uh, we came up, the the mission leadership came up with this this idea that we were going to reach a world of kids, our walk, reaching a world of kids. And this was one of our... I think it's probably a Jim Collins thief, you know, good to great. We want to have a BHAG, a big, hairy, audacious goal that we were going to pray that where we were, a mission that started in 1941 and has gone from 1941 to 2009, what God has done in that time span that we were going to invite God into double down the ministry of young life. So we have twenty five twenty five hundred uh, staff folks. We want to pray that he would double that down. We have thirty thousand worldwide volunteers. We want to double that down we 're in fifty countries. We want to double that down and the 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 craziness of a prayer like that we started praying we started having twice a uh, twice a year, one in the fall, one in the spring, um, mission-wide days of prayers. And so we were inviting the body of believers into those two days of prayer. And after we did that, a time or two or three, there was something about it that I was drawn to. I was drawn to this idea of prayer. This was really a monumental time in my life, in my prayer life, in my spiritual journey that it changed the trajectory of my life and of the ministry that I was a part of. And so I said, man, I want to do this instead of twice a year in the fall and the spring. I want to do it every week. Every week, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set aside in the middle of the week on a Wednesday from 12 to 1, I'm going to set aside an hour, the hour of power, right? I even came up with a great little line, Pray Tyler Young Life, P-T-Y-L. And man, I just knew, I just knew, I just knew. I'm going to invite people. I'm going to invite my leaders. I'm going to invite my committee. I'm going to invite my church. I'm going to invite my donors. I'm going to invite people into this time, and it's going to be a revolution, Come to find out an hour of prayer freaks people out. People don't know what to do with it. Like we go to prayer meetings and they're kind of like, you know, social supper clubs. But, and then we pray, like we pray, oh dude, we always end in prayer. We open it and we end in prayer, you know. But this idea was that we would pray that this, this whole thing, the hour of power that I would pray for an hour, read his scripture, beg God, beg God for his will, beg God for his favor, beg God for his blessing. And so I did this. I did this for three years, almost alone, but it was a non-negotiable. It was on my Google calendar, 12 to 1, hump day. Uh, It's there. It's sacred. Um, And so I thought there was a smattering of people that would come. Uh, One individual would come, you know, once a month or something like that. But for the most part, it was me. And I thought, well, the, the way that I'm going to build this prayer team is I just have to pay for them. And so I just started hiring people, right? That's what you do when you, it's kind of like a fraternity. When you don't have friends, you just pay for them, you know, so that people can be around you. Uh, that's what I want to do. I want to build this huge team of, of prayer warriors. And so uh, I want to take that idea and say, this has really launched me and uh, my Who I am as a man, as a child of God, as a father, as a worker uh, in the ministry, this has launched me into this idea of inviting God into this process. So push pause there. There's a book called The Five Love Languages. Has anyone ever heard of that? Yeah, okay, great, about four people. Uh, So this idea that we have these, that we're designed with um, love languages that you and I, we like to receive, and we also like to give other people. Mainly there's one or two that we like to give or that we like to receive. They're gonna be, they're they're fairly self-explanatory. Physical touch, acts of service, gift giving, quality time, and words of affirmation. And so I am, I'm a male, I am a words of affirmation guy. I would say that I would start to say that I like to receive words of affirmation, but I'll tell you that for me and my soul, I need to receive words of affirmation from my bride, from my pals, from my family. From my boss, I need to receive words of affirmation. And if I'm honest, just so you know, anytime someone says, if I'm honest or honestly, you should always stop them and go, Vance, thank you for being honest. Thanks for not lying to me. So I want y'all to do that to me throughout. I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond, you know, trying to get up folks in here. A little interaction, little interaction. So if I'm honest... Oh, I love that. Bandstands, baby. So, uh, and vulnerable with you. For me, there is this really fine line of being a man created in God's image. And this is how God created me. To need, to desire, to want, to, to like words of affirmation. And then yet, there's this fine line that if I'm honest... Oh man, I love participation. Um, That there's this fine line that deep down in my sinful, hidden part of my heart, that there's this guy that I like to call a glory thief, that I want to steal God's glory. Man, that line is is really fine. I don't, I don't know if if that's a if that's a words of affirmation thing. I don't know if that's a guy thing or if that's just a Johnny Russell thing. But I want to be here today, uh, being vulnerable and pulling back the curtain. However. I know that all, as much as I want glory, as much as I want praise, as much as I want accolades, that I was not designed to handle those things. I receive those things. And, and it's funny because some people just can't receive them. I have learned to receive them. I'll tell you how, but, you know, you get, start to give some dream up, man, you're awesome. No, no, no. And, and I would do that, Right. It's that, uh, so I I would do that. I would say, no, 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 don't say that. But down here, that 1% of my dark, sinful heart, I'm going, feed me, feed, feed me. I need this and I want to take that glory from God. But Ephesians chapter three, verses 14 through 21 have changed all of that. I've been praying Paul this is Paul's prayer to the Ephesians. I've been praying this passage every week now for 9 years and I figured that today was the greatest day as any to preach about this passage. This prayer is 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 so inviting, so invigorating. This prayer invites Jesus into all things to use us in ways that we are not capable of doing in our own strength. And how much of our lives do we live in our own strength? This prayer invites Jesus into all things to use us, his body, his hands and feet, that we, to use us in ways that we are not capable of doing in our own strength. It's that, it's that reaching a world of kids. It's that BHAG, the big, hairy, audacious goal. Are we that good Or are you inviting God into your life today? Not just to wonder if God is there, not just to look back and see that God was photobombing you, but today we want to invite you into that. This prayer, this prayer for me, kind of this single prayer has begun for years, nearly a decade now to widen that line of longing, needing, liking, loving words of affirmation. And this sinful part of who I am in the darkest recesses of my heart of being a glory thief. This prayer has widened that line. So I'm in a decade-long journey learning that it's becoming more difficult to steal God's glory when you know. When you know, when you have experienced, when you believe that it's actually him at work. Many claim, and this is going to be a dangerous statement in a, in a Dallas Seminary Bible church um, who loves the book of Romans, but many would claim that Ephesians is Paul's crown of all of his writings, Wow, no, no no, verbal lashings. I love this incredible epistle. It's actually, there's six chapters in this epistle. It's broken up into two sections. You have the first three chapters are going to talk about doctrine or the calling of the church. The last three chapters are going to talk about application or, um, or the conduct of of the church, So doctrine, the calling of the church, application, the calling or the, the conduct of the church. You got it? And so um, that's where we're going to be this morning. Paul has five prayers in his epistles. Two of them are found in the book of Ephesians. And we're going to talk about Ephesians 3, verse 14 through 21. And it goes like this, such an amazing passage. It says, And I pray that you would be rooted and established in love so that you, oh boy, oh boy, I got it. Here it comes, here it comes. So that Christ, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power All the fullness of God. Now to him. Now to him who is able. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. According to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen, church? Let us pray. Father, you are good. God, this passage, this prayer of Paul's is invigorating. It is inviting. Lord, it breeds life. It is so, such a wild prayer, Lord. And we invite you into this. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight o oh lord my rock and my redeemer may i get out of the way it's in your name amen well wow, that is right there ephesians 3:14 through 21 that prayer for me has moved me for nearly a decade And so we're going to pop right into it. We're going to back up before we hit verse 14. But chapter 3, verse 1, we see the same three words as we do in verse 14. For this reason. So verse 14 is actually Paul picking up on his original thought from verse 1. And Paul, uh, uh, he started in verse 1 for this reason. And then Paul, you know, got sidetracked. He got sidetracked talking about the mystery of the gospel. And that's why Paul's writing this. he, He says he's kneeling here in verse 14, that he's kneeling before the Father. He's kneeling in emotion. He's kneeling in reverence because that's what the greatness of God, that's what the mystery of the gospel should cause us to do. It should cause us to kneel, to bow down. Paul had a heart uh, for the Ephesian church and he desired to see them be used by God. And He he desired to see them be used by God, this idea that only God can do this, that he would take Jewish believers and that, that God would take Gentile believers and that he would unite them. And we think that we're dealing with racism, and social injustice today. This is not a new thing. There were these struggles thousands of years ago. Paul's speaking to those things. Ephesians teaches that Jewish and Gentile believers are one in Christ, and they're gonna be demonstrated by their love, by their love for one another. And this kind of love can only come from God. Uh, I went to uh, college, believe it or not, a school in the Piney Woods, and I got a journalism degree. And so Paul here, I'm gonna study, we're gonna study eight verses from 14 to 21. The entire chapter, or the book, is um, six chapters, but in the original Greek text, Paul has only eight lengthy sentences. The entire book, all six chapters written, just a run on, just verbal vomiting from Paul. And so from a journalism major, I'm like, it gives you, it kind of gives you anxiety to think about that. We have broken it down into chapters and verses, but the original text, that's where we're going to be, Ephesians 3, verse 14 through 21. So 14 and 15 say this, for this reason, I kneel before the father from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name, God our Father, God our Creator. He is, uh, it is from him that all things, human, humans, creation, that we are all created, that we're one family under the fatherhood of God and designed and given purpose. You see there um, in verse 14, it says, for this reason I kneel before the Father. This is the first of the introduction of the Trinity, of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit, that Paul's gonna invite the Trinity. He's gonna pray that over the Ephesian church. And I love that. Verse 16 through 17a says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he... Man, this this these these two these two verses are such an such an invitation, such a welcoming place. Have y'all have y'all ever heard the term? Let's see. Teamwork makes what? Dreamer. Woo! Dreamer knew that. Teamwork makes a dream work. Teamwork makes the dream work. Right. This passage right here is this amazing invitation of God to come into our lives, to use us as his hands, as his feet, as the body with power, with love to do the work of the kingdom for his glory's sake, for his glory's sake. So check this out. Paul prays, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Man, I mean, that is just literally him, us, him, us, him, us, the invitation of God and you, God and you, God and you, and God is using you in this. Out of his glorious riches, out of his glorious riches, he may, uh, that we might be strengthened this, be strong to overcome resistance, right? With power. This is the first of three times that Paul is going to mention the word power. Again, in the journalism world, the reason you repeat yourself that you're redundant is so that you can hammer your point into your audience. Three times Paul's gonna mention the word power. Not our power, not our strength, not the old school way, well, I'm gonna pull myself up by my own bootstraps. No, he, Paul's not inviting us into that idea. He's saying, man, it's, it's through him and it is for him this power this dynamic living power through the holy spirit in your inner being 2 Corinthians 4:16 says therefore we do not lose heart though outwardly we are wasting away yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day love that Man, if if there's a day to be wasting away, it seems like this is the season. If you're like me, this is just a season to be outwardly just beat down, outwardly frustrated, outwardly saddened by what we're seeing in today's society. Say, man, outwardly we're wasting away inwardly, we're being renewed, we're being restored, we're being given power and love through him and for his purpose. Again, in journalism, or if you've taken a seventh grade English class, you'll know the who, the what, the where, the how, the why. We're going to see that in verse 17. The who is going to be Christ, so that Christ the why is so that he may dwell, that Christ, the invitation of Paul to invite Jesus to come and dwell, right, to be completely at home, to reside, to chill, to chillax, right, to take up residence in our, in our heart. That's the where, where in our heart, and how through faith, Man, we are to let Jesus become the, the dominating factor in our attitudes and in our conduct. And if I'm honest, oh man, getting a little getting a little laxadaisical, lethargic, if you will. And by the way, if you're on the, the, the book of faces, I hope that you responding. I hope when the, the band is singing, that you're singing out loud in your living room, in your bedroom. I hope when I'm talk, I hope that, you're, I hope that you're talking back. We can hear it. We got, we got it plugged in. So we want to let Jesus become the dominating factor in our attitudes and in our conduct. And again, if I'm honest, man, that... I have a much easier time. This is going to sound crazy. I don't know if y'all are like me or not, but I have a much easier time being the hands and feet, being the, the light, being the mouthpiece, living out God's power, living out God's love in a lost world much more than I do in my home. Does anyone else struggle with that, or are you the opposite, man? Oh, I'm, I'm all about Jesus in my home. I'm I'm living the hand, I'm the hands and the feet of Christ, and I give out so much grace, so much love in my home, and I just don't do that in the world. And, and maybe am I am I the only one? Light? I know I'm different, right? <laughs> but I, it is so easy for I pour out. I, I hang out with you know, lost high school kids for a living. And I have so much grace, so much mercy, so much patience, so much love for them. And man, I struggle with that inside my own home. And you would think that those closest to us, it would be the opposite. Again, maybe I'm weird. Maybe I'm the oddball. I understand that. So we're going to jump back into Ephesians 3. We're going to pick up in 17b. Thank you for being. Gosh, someone's listening. Someone's still here. 17, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, here it comes. I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power, number two, power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. I love that. Paul continues his prayer, this idea. He's praying that you and I would be rooted like a plant and established like a building be rooted and established in love. How do they do that, right? In love. That's how what we would be. The participles here, journalism, see, it's all coming back. People say you can't use a journalism degree in ministry all day, baby. At SFA, you can. Ask some jacks. The participles rooted and established are in the perfect tense indicating a past action, something that has been done with continuing results right? This has been taken, this has been accomplished, and we're to have continuing results. Why would Paul want us to be rooted and established in love? So that we would have power, so that we would have God's power, together with all the saints, and man, talk about dream, teamwork makes the dream work. Paul's launching us. He's tossing us into this team of saints. I think of a, a Hebrews, Hebrews 11, the hall of faith. Like, man, if there's someone to go to battle with, if there's someone to get tangled up in some craziness with, it is the saints that you want to be thrown into. That we would have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is this love, that we would know it, that we would know it. And Paul, Paul is just is stringing us along. He's like, man, I'm fixing to give him a sucker punch because it's not all about knowledge. This actually reminds me of Romans 8. So it all, it all comes back to Romans. DTS, church has settled down. It all comes back to Romans right? Romans eight thirty eight thirty nine. 39, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any power, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so we, we can, we can, um, know that about God, we can know that nothing will be able to separate us. But Paul, Paul, like I said in the beginning, he's not only wanting us to know this, he's wanting you and me to experience this power, to experience this love. And so I may know that Paul is saying in Romans 8, 38 and 39, that that nothing is going to be able to separate us from that love. But am I living in that? Am I experiencing Experiencing that love today. So, Paul again has kind of led us along. He's going to say, Why would Paul desire this for us? So that we may know this love that surpasses knowledge. <laughs> Man. Our world is wild. Our world is broken. Our world is in need of a savior today. And I don't know what goes on in your mind, but in this little brain, there are some crazy things that go on. Crazy thoughts, crazy ideas, crazy plans some really amazing and others very wicked and very sinful. Paul's inviting us in that we may know, we may experience this love that surpasses knowledge. What do you do with your thoughts? Where do you spend? What do you allow into your brain? And man, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say, if you're spending more time on the television, if you're spending more time in social media, if you're spending more time in talk radio, if you're spending more time in those things, whatever your deal is, Fox News, CNBC, um, Facebook, uh, Instagram, all of that stuff, if you're spending more time there, I don't know how you do it mentally. I don't, I don't know how you have a godly perspective. I don't know how you experience, how you know this power, how you know this love if the majority of what you put in is not God, is not his worship, is not his love, is not his word, is not his prayer. And maybe you have a, a different brain than me. You probably do. Maybe you have that compartment but man, for me, I have to put these things in to me. I have to, I have to sit go. I heard, a, I heard a, a statistic, you know what they say about statistics, like 85% of all statistics are made up, like that one. Um, that, it said that, man, if we spend four times a week in God's word in a significant way, I'm going to say that's 30 minutes. If we spend four times a week in God's word for 30 minutes, that radical things begin to happen in our life. And I don't know what what your devotional life is like. Is it the you version? Man, I get this verse a day. That's great. That's a, you know, that's a, a great thing. But man, if we're not Spending time in God's word, inviting him in, praying like it's our job, begging God, putting his messages into us. I I can't do that. I can't live out of the power and love that God has called us to. And he says that we would know this love that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. <laughs> and, I, and I don't know why I'm like, to the measure of all the fullness? I don't, I don't know if like my head is the top of the measure, you know, like a cup, like it starts, but the measure of the fullness of God, what, what is that? I want that, I want the fullness of God. I don't just wanna know it, I wanna believe it, I wanna live it, and I wanna experience it, and I wanna live that out. Gosh! Wow! It is only in Jesus that we are made complete. Though this divine, uh, this divine fullness is ideally a uh, believers. You know, at at, um, at salvation, Paul again is praying not just knowledge but experience, not just knowledge but experience. And so now these last two verses, which um, I don't don't know if I can say this about Scripture, but Paul, the arrogance of Paul to pray this prayer with such big, hairy, audacious prayers, right? The words that he uses, the invitation, the idea of power and love, This prayer, this verse 20, it's going to be audacious. It's going to be arrogant. I love it. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be humongous. He says in verse 20, now to him who is able. Now to him who is able to do. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Love that. I mean, serious. <laughs> You're like, what? How, how is that? Are you kidding me? What an invitation. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask and what are you asking for? Or imagine, again, this idea, this, this love that surpasses knowledge. God is able to do more. Immeasurably more. Not just a little bit. We love measurements, we love statistics. Can't contain God. God doesn't have statistics. Immeasurably more than all we ask. Or imagine how according to his power. That's the third time power, 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 according to his power that is at work within us. And why to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations? forever and ever. Amen. Man, amen. Yes and amen. What a prayer. When you pray this prayer, like I said, not only for me as a broken glory thief of a man, who needs words of affirmation, it begins to widen that line. And so when someone gives you a praise, they give you a compliment, give you an accolade. All you do is you take it, you receive it, and you hand it off. You take it, you receive it, and you hand it off. You take it. So you, become, you go from a glory thief to a glory handoffer, glory passer, whatever you say. It doesn't belong to you. The glory isn't for you. The glory isn't for me. God is wanting to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Are we inviting him into that idea? So here's my challenge. You and I, we're called to be his witnesses. You and I are called to be his testifiers, right? You and I are called to be his active participants. You know, just like, just like physically, if we put something in us and we're not exerting the energy to then get it out of us, we become lethargic, right? We gain weight. We say on average we, we gain 5 to 10 pounds a year if we're not being active, The same is going to be true in our spiritual life. If we're putting this into us, God's word into us, his prayers into us, and we're just holding it, you will, I promise you, become spiritually lethargic. You know, they say the, the Sea of Galilee. It's active. It's vibrant because the Jordan River is flowing in and it's flowing out. And then it continues on to the Dead Sea that has no exit. And there's no life there. And are you an active participant? Are you his witness? Are you his testifier? Today, are you, as a believer, the non-anxious presence in a world full of anxiety? So the question is, is, How are you, how am I, how are we allowing God's power, how are we allowing God's love to to be worked out, to be shown, to, to, to seep out through the very fibers, the fabric of who we are out of our DNA? Are we allowing this power, this love to be shown? To our inside the our walls of our home and also to a lost and dying and broken world because he's called us. He has called us to be his hands and his feet. Are you allowing that to happen? Are you doing that? Are you his witness? Are you his testifier? Active participant. I believe that we serve a God. Of the impossible, anybody else believe that? Three people. Okay, that might be the problem, right there. That might be the problem. If we don't believe that we don't so we serve a god of the impossible, who is your god? Is our god the god of the immeasurable? I think that we serve a god of the impossible. I think that we serve a god of the immeasurable. I think that we serve a god of the incomparable. So if that's true, if Paul's inviting, if if I'm praying this prayer every week, am I praying immeasurable prayers? Am I praying impossible prayers? Am I praying incomparable prayers? Are my prayers small prayers? Help me with my finger that hurts. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't want to diminish that. But If God answered all of your prayers this morning, or all of your prayers last week, or all of your prayers this past month, would the world be a different place? The world be a different place. What kind of prayers are we praying? Are they immeasurable? Are they incomparable? Are they impossible? If God answered all of your prayers last week, would the world be a different place? And I look back on my life and I am grateful to Jesus. Uh, I never thought I'd live past 23 years old. And here I am, almost double that. It literally is all his doing. Uh, From my marriage to my kids to ministry, only Jesus, only his grace, only His power, only His love. Man, He invites you into this, into know this love and into experience this love. And do you know Jesus? Are you experiencing Jesus today? Not, not do you go to church. I don't care if you go to church. Can I say that in church? I was involved. I went to church for 20 years and I didn't know Jesus. I'm not asking, do you go to church? You're on the webs. You're here. I'm not asking, do you go to church? I'm not asking, are you religious? I'm not asking, are you a good person? That's the struggle with the South, right? Tyler, oh, he's a strong Christian because he goes to church. Like that that's the measure of our church attendance is the measure of our uh, experiencing Jesus and living out of this power and love. Man, do you know Jesus? There's good people are great. Man, but good people aren't changing the world for the sake of the gospel being used. We need good people holy, on fire, experiencing believers. Have you come to a point in your life where you recognize your sin, your depravity, your brokenness, and that you confess, for me, it was... 1996, as a sophomore in college, raised in the church, amazing parents, amazing family. They poured out love, poured out grace. Unbelievable. I still didn't know Jesus. Man, have you ever come to that point in your life I'm coming to that point in my life because, like I said, I'm constantly there. I need you, Jesus. We cannot live this immeasurable life on our own. Do you have a relationship with a living God? Man, and, and I want to invite you into that. If you don't know what that means, I would love to tell you what that means. Come up, talk to me. There's that number, that fancy number that we text all the things to connect, pray, uh, meals. If you want me to talk to you, what that means, Winfred, he'll take you to lunch. I'll take you to lunch. Text into that number, say, Lunch with Winfred. Lunch with, we will buy your lunch and tell you about experiencing a living God through his power and through his love. Man, this should enliven God's people, immeasurable. And I hope today gave you hope. I hope it gave you life. I hope it gave you power. And I hope that you found love. Let's pray, Jesus, you are good, man, and your love endures forever. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. God, I pray that you would use us in in immeasurable ways. These big, hairy, audacious prayers. God, that we would pray for our families. We'd pray for salvation. We'd pray for our communities. We'd pray for our president. We'd pray for our nation. We'd pray for social injustice. We'd pray for racism in the world and in our own hearts. We'd pray for our world, God, that you would... Start a revival, God, through your holy church, through your people. God, would you use us today? It's in your name that I pray, amen. I'm going to give a benediction. If y'all would pray, I'm going to pray uh, this benedict. or if y'all would pray, if y'all would stand, there it is. Um, this is from, this is chapter six from the gripping book of numbers, right? The gripping book of numbers. This is a priestly blessing. It says, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. In Ephesians 3, 20, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Y'all are dismissed. Thank you, Bethel. Love y'all.